Hello, risk management professionals and bankers. My name is Jason Alpert, and I'm here today to talk to you about my article, Don't Let the Sins of Your Client Be Deadly to Your Bank, Observations from a Workout Lender. And as a workout professional that has primarily managed and worked out business banking clients, those clients with revenues between $500,000 and $50 million, I've started noticing the outsized influence that the personality of an individual owner had on the operations and creditworthiness of the underlying business and borrower. I've seen trends that bankers are very good at identifying and mitigating quantitative risks of the borrower, but understanding the individual's character was often lacking. Basically, we do a great job as risk management professionals of underwriting the quantitative seas of credit, capacity, collateral, condition, and capital, but the fifth component, character, was the hardest to identify and mitigate. I would argue that this is the most important of all, especially with the small businesses where the individual owner owns all of the equity and controls the business. So important is the character component that none other than J.P. Morgan himself stated that this was his most important variable in his allocation and distribution of credit to his customers via testimony he gave to Congress at the start of the 20th century. Quote, character before money, property, or anything else. Money cannot buy it, and a man I do not trust cannot get money from me on all the bonds in Krishna. End quote. As a workout professional, I cannot be in more agreement with this statement and we all know that no matter how good, how good our cash flow, collateral, or covenants are, the individual ultimately holds the power to either honor their contract or frustrate, delay, or even abscond with your institution's money. With that in mind, the best way to understand character risks is by being able to identify and mitigate potential character issues, the gravest of which I call the seven deadly sins, which are basically an extension of the traditional sins we all know, lust, gluttony, sloth, wrath, envy, pride, and greed. By basically recognizing these sins and their actions and manifestations, hopefully you can protect your institution and perhaps more importantly, work with your client in improving the management of their business. But I must qualify by only doing so as a trusted advisor and actually not managing the business for them. And I apologize in advance for that workout officer disclaimer. And without stepping on the entirety of my article, the sins and their manifestations can be as obvious as greed or as antithetical as lust. Lust, as you would expect, is the opposite of, uh, of what rational business of the behavior of rational business people. Basically, in the context of my article, lust is the irrational refusal in the face of overwhelming evidence to diversify or mitigate concentrations in their business model. Lustful owners often refuse to accept or listen to advice from their professional team, and the prudent lender would be wise to search for concentrations in their customer's business model, product mix, or clientele and take effort to limit exposure to them when appropriate. On the, other, on the other spectrum, greed speaks for itself, and despite what Gordon Gecko states, greed is not good. Greed, for the purposes of my discussion, is the allocation of misallocation of risk to return, sometimes exhibited as all-in bet-the-farm ventures. For small businesses, greed is often demonstrated by reckless pursuit of sales growth without considering how the growth is to be financed. By only focusing on obtaining sales growth, Without regard to margin and certainly without regard to financing, small businesses can grow right into insolvency and bankruptcy court. Prudent bankers understand the inherent risk that irresponsible growth threatens their borrower, and they mitigate by implementing financial covenants that monitor growth, such as minimum level of tangible net, equi uh, net equity, borrowing limits, and working capital to sales ratios. Also, a good old-fashioned conversation as how to grow responsibly can demonstrate the value that a banker could give to his client as a trusted advisor. Overall, all business owners are prone to the seven deadly sins as their natural human tendencies. It 
it is the prudent lender that can identify these tendencies at origination or during the relationship and mitigate as appropriate. Like a doctor performing periodic medical screenings, the prudent banker should conduct evaluations of the borrower's mind, their ownership and management, body, their financials and operations, and soul, their organizational mission, to ensure that they are not corrupted by any of the seven deadly sins. For once your customer is free of these tendencies, the business may be able to realize improvement in their operation, cash flow, and enterprise value, which will hopefully blossom into a profitable relationship for you and your bank. Thank you for your time, and good luck with all of your future endeavors.